to see you all. We're into finishing up week two. You've made it. Um, I'm on staff with Crew, and I have come to realize as I, as I was preparing for this talk that I could, I'm probably classified as uh, Athens Townie, I'm pretty sure. I've lived here longer than I've lived in my hometown growing up. Isn't that crazy? I feel like I've entered into a new era. Um, but I remember when I was a freshman coming to OU, moving in to Jeff Hall, and as my mom, my stepdad, and my boyfriend at the time drove away, I remember thinking, what now? I, like walked back to my dorm room, like who do I talk to? What do I do? I guess I can unpack my stuff, but what do I do? And I remember kind of getting the guts up to talk to the girl across the street or across the hall, Abby, and awkwardly like, do I come in and sit down and start talking or do I just say, hi, I'm Casey, I'd love to go grab dinner. I'm like, I don't know what to do, it felt so awkward. Um, but that week and the weeks leading left a lot of kind of awkwardness and uncertainty and confusion as I navigated through campus, as I figured out what dining hall to go to, as I figured out what not to order at dining halls and what to order at dining halls and where all my classes were. And the biggest thing I think I learned that week was at home, I would always, after I showered, I'd grab a new towel the next day. And so over the course of a week, my laundry basket quickly filled up and I had to like carry my laundry bag like all the way from Jeff to Gam at the time because that was the closest laundry place and it was heavy and I had my big laundry or my laundry detergent that was really heavy because we didn't have pods at the time. And so, um, but I quickly learned, like I think I had to do two loads that week. Like, okay, I have to make things simple. This is not gonna function the way that I functioned back home. Like there's just no way. And so there's a lot of adjustment. Um, and so there's a lot of learning and growing that you all are experiencing, whether you're a first year or whether you're returning. It's a new year, new apartment, new roommates maybe. There's a lot um, of new beginnings for us all. And I think as we think about new beginnings, I think of, I think of hope. I think there's a sense of hope that we can embrace in the awkwardness or confusion or uncertainty of life and the moments that we're experiencing. And this newness, it can be really easy to kind of just depend on yourself as you're going through this, right? Like, okay, I'm just gonna put my head down, I'm just gonna figure it out on myself. Yet, I think these are the moments that we need community the most. That we need to look outside of ourselves and see the ways that God is showing up in and through others. And so we are currently in a, new, in a series called New Beginnings. And there's so much new happening in your life, like I had mentioned. And as, we, as Chad talked about last week, um, new experiences tend to bring up new questions, right? Like, who am I? What is my purpose? Um, who should I spend the most time with? And these can be overwhelming as you're figuring out the answers because they're not always immediate. Um, yet we'll be looking at the Bible as it speaks in a deeper way to these questions and help you navigate through them. We'll see that as we come to know Christ, we become a brand new person with a new community, a new purpose, and a new future. And so tonight we'll be looking at what it means to have a new kind of community as followers of Christ. So to be honest, community has always felt kind of arbitrary to me. Like, when do you know you're actually a part of the community? How do you know you're doing it right? Um, there are always imperfections in community. And just because you're part of a Christian community doesn't mean it's going to be um, free of hurt and confusion, right? It's not a perfect place, 
But um, what I have found is that it's an imperfect, safe space to figure it out together. Um, you get to be a part of creating a community that is described in scripture as necessary, um, as necessary and a model of our relationship with Christ. In almost every community I've been a part of, I spend most of the time thinking about me, like in the past, feeling frustrated or confused about other people's behaviors towards me and allowing these thoughts and feelings to keep me from prioritizing and actively getting to know and move towards others. In Christian community, there's a place to be imperfect, right? Yet a high call in how we treat others. And it's all based on what Christ has done for us, as we'll see as described in Philippians 2. And this is where we'll be camping out in Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Did it work? Yes. Okay. And so tonight, we'll be looking at the what, who, and why of community. A community is a theme that's mentioned many times throughout Scripture. Not only does God want us to know him personally, yet he desires for us to replicate our relationship with him to those around us. And so I'm going to read Philippians 2, 1 through 4. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being the same mind, having the same love, being, a full, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Okay, so this is a big group, and I'm just going to awkwardly embrace it, but I'm going to ask some questions that I would really appreciate if people responded. I don't want the dead silence. I have a time limit, and they're going to kick me off if I don't finish. So I'm going to ask a question, and this is not a trick. It's all in the scripture. It's all observation, okay? So um, just shout it out. I won't even know who it is shouting it out. Okay, how... Okay, hold on. Let me see. What's my question, guys? I lost my spot. Okay, what should be true about community according to this verse? We should put each other above ourselves. Thank you. What else? Say mind. Say mind. United. Joy. Okay, yes. <coughs> Humility, right? And so um, we, we kind of know, I think, being like-minded... Um, having the mind of Christ, um, having the same love, this idea is not romantic love. This is like love that you would feel in your family. Like it's this idea that it's not based on merit. Um, we want to seek good for others, like that kind of love. Um, humility, um, as we think about uh, count others more significant than yourselves. And so the opposite of this is like a you owe me relationship where I call you and you have to call me back or I invite you out and you invite me back. It's like we're, we're going to be uh, humble in this relationship where we don't expect to be owed back, but we're going to care and love freely. And then this idea of looking to the interests of others is kind of boiled down to just loving your neighbor as yourself. And so these can be kind of hard to do, right? Like, consider others more significant when you yourself want to feel significant. So there's some tensions in some of these things that um, Paul is writing about. And I think looking back on my own life, there are some things that I'd probably do differently in thinking about community and actually experiencing it. I'm, there's a 
bit of a different perspective now that I'm older and wiser and have experienced a lot of community over the years. So I came to 180 as a student feeling pretty guarded, almost a fear if people would get to know me like I wouldn't be accepted. I'd look around and assume that everybody else was already best friends and they didn't need any more friends. But if someone wanted to hang out, they would just invite me out, right? Um, yet what we see in, this, in these verses is that we are free to show others love. We are called to it, actually. It's not based on how the other person responds to us because that's not a reason for reaching out to somebody. Jesus has freely given us all the forgiveness and love to overflowing. And it's not based on how much we loved him first, right? Because scripture says that he loved us first, but because it's who he is, it's in his character. And this frees us then to love and care for our neighbor as ourselves and to count others as more significant as ourselves. There's a freedom for us to be able to initiate and to care for people just because we want to, not worrying about what they think about us. And so let me ask you a question, a few questions. Um, what could this kind of community look and feel like if you were a part of the community kind of described as up here? Um, and how can you see yourself helping to create this kind of community here within Crew? The next few verses, we're gonna talk about the who of community. And we'll read five through eight. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death to the cross. Okay, so that who, in this case, is obviously, it's kind of a, Sunday school answer is Jesus. He is the reason we can be like-minded, that we can have the same love, that we can be humble and consider others more significant. And I think as, as you look and compare these two lists, the things that we are called to are what he himself experienced and lived out. So he's calling us essentially to do what he's done. He's not calling us to do these crazy other things that he's never experienced. He knows. And yet he's calling us to live this out. He, ca he calls us to be humbled. He calls us to not see each other just as equals, but to raise and to, like, uh, uh, to count others more significant. So, I mean, this is Jesus, God in heaven, right? And he's experiencing community in the Trinity. And he decides willingly to come down to earth to leave that behind, to die, and to be crucified. So he, um, so he can fully relate to what we're experiencing, uh, except he's God, but okay. Um, and so Jesus could have clung. He could have clung and hung on to this equality, but he didn't. He willingly came to this earth and lived as a human. He experienced temptations. He experienced being hungry, being tired, being mocked, being beaten, essentially being murdered. He felt lonely. Um, all of these things he experienced, yet was sinless. And so you might be experienced, so you might be experiencing some of these things in the last few weeks. And know that Jesus can identify with you and that he calls us to do what he himself lived out. 
The last section that we're going to look at is the why of community. Friends, in Christ, our lives right now, it's the very beginning. Our lives are like a dot on the line of eternity. One day, all who are in Christ will stand before Christ our Savior. At just the mention, like the song that we talked about, the power of Jesus' name, we are just singing that. And the reality is that at the mention of his name, we will all fall down automatically. Like we will not even have a choice to stand up because of how holy and glorious he is. And so I imagine that we will stand before him with the sense of overwhelming joy, love, gratitude. You think about your best days ever. Think about the day that you felt the most alive and amplify that by a million. Because as we stand before him, that's what we will experience. And I forgot to read the verses, so we're going to do that right now. Um, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so the why is community is because of of Jesus created, or we are created to be in community. Because we're in community with God, he calls us to be in community with each other. And this is almost like a little bit of a a foretaste of what we're going to experience. For those in Christ, we'll experience an even better community than what we're experiencing now. But he calls us to be in this community because it's something that we will live in for eternity in heaven. And when you become a new creation, like what Chad talked about last week, we'll start to have these new desires. And these new desires are coming from the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus' spirit living in you. So, of course, like these desires will eventually be bubbling up, right? Like we'll start to notice some changes in our lives and things that we want. And as we live out of these desires, we'll begin to see how we treat others start to change, and we'll begin to experience more care for others and desire to know more people. The beauty of this is that this is what God created us for. Um, Just like God wants us to know him personally, he also wants um, us to know others personally so that we can encourage each other, spur each other on, care for, serve, laugh with, sharpen each other to become more like Jesus. Um, I think as I think about the community um, in this room, I mean, even those that aren't with us, but community within crew, I have like three hopes for you all. Um, And I think if you had asked staff or student leaders, I would hope that they would agree with all of these things. But um, the the first hope is that we just reflect the love of Jesus to each other, that we would be humble, kind, encouraging, quick to forgive, quick to listen, slow to speak, count others as more significant, um, spur each other on to good works and obedient living within this community, and I think even especially in your community groups as you think about living this out. The second one is that we would continue to be intentional in inviting and bringing others in. I think it can be so easy for us to be comfortable in the groups that we're in that we kind of forget that there's other people who would that their life could be changed by a community like this and through knowing Jesus. And so this idea for us to continue to remember, to like invite people, have our eyes open to people who are hurting or who would 
be transformed um, by being in a community with Jesus, or knowing Jesus and being in a community like this. And I think the last is just remember that all of this is for the glory of God, that this community exists because of Jesus. I think it can be fun to laugh and just think like, oh, let's just have a good time, but remembering that at the essence, this is for Jesus. Like, he is the one that's making us like-minded. He is the one that's giving us the same love. Um, towards each other, and that it's all about Jesus. So sometimes, I don't know about you, I get really nervous about meeting new people, um, and I feel a little anxious at times and feel uncomfortable, and I still have those thoughts of like, what if they don't like me, or they think I'm corny, or that whatever. Um, and so I think it, it's not always an easy thing to be intentional with each other and kind of be reaching out to each other. Yeah, it's what God calls us to, so he will give the power and the strength for us to do this. And so I gave some specifics. By no means is this an exhaustive list by any means, but it's just kind of some things that I thought could be helpful and specific as we think about this idea of living in a new kind of community. And so think through your community group. And think through maybe one or two people that you've wanted to know. And if you're not in a community group, that's totally okay. Come talk to me. I'd love to try and get you connected. Um, but think about maybe one or two people that you've wanted to know, but for whatever reason, you were like, I don't know if they would like me. Guys, we're all on the same playing field here. It's not like high school where it's like, maybe they'd throw lunch in my face if I sat next to them or something. I mean, extreme. But... It's like we're all, everyone is wanting to get to know each other. And so think of one or two people who you would like to initiate coffee with or lunch or dinner. Um, those are pretty low bar things, right? Pretty safe. Um, and, or think through maybe what events do you personally want to check out and think about who can I invite with me? Um, who from my community group would want to go with me? And if you have kind of your group of people, think outside of it and think who else can we invite? Um, the third thing, and actually Grayson talked about this, is think about crew teams. Like maybe if you're not like, I'm probably not going to initiate with anybody or ask anyone to do anything, but joining a team or a crew team, that's like a natural way for you to like get connected, right? You don't really have to initiate. You just show up and do what they tell you to do, and you get to know people through there. And so um, we have prayer team, community, outreach, marketing, tech team, running slides, all of these great ways to be able to work alongside other people. And the last one I call a super challenge because this, when I was the, almost every year on summer mission, Jason and I go to Ocean City and there's about 60 college students there. And there's always one crazy person who's like, I'm gonna meet everybody on summer mission and I'm getting coffee with every single person before we leave for the summer. I'm like, wow. But it, it like spreads. Other people are like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, that's awesome. And so this is the super challenge is maybe not have the stakes of 60, but maybe think through your community group and be like, this semester I am gonna connect with each and every person and just ask to grab coffee and hear their story and share my story or maybe share some prayer requests. Um, and so these are just a few ideas as I think about us growing in community, um, being intentional with each other, trusting the Lord to continue to, be, to grow us closer together and to grow us as well. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are good and gracious to us, that we can be reminded of the ways that you have freely forgiven us and extended your love to us and moved towards us, um, and that we are free to therefore care for other people around us and to consider others greater than ourselves. 
So I, I pray for this week that as we live out of our walks with you, that you would give us eyes to see ways that we can care for others, that we can listen, that we can invite, um, and that we can just walk by faith and take a step of faith to trust you in relationships and in this community. Thank you for all that you do, you have done and continue to do for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.